1: Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to me so far on Building Fortunes Radio. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. For those people that might be new listeners, you might be listening in to me. First, I'm waiting for our guest speaker, whose name is Big Al Schreider, Tom Schreider specifically. He is supposed to be calling in from Taiwan and he might be having a hard time calling in because this is the first time we've done a radio show together. So I'm going to run the radio show for a little bit as if he's going to be here, and if not, we're just going to reschedule Big Al Schreider. For those people that are unfamiliar with my voice, I started Building Fortunes Radio as a way to have a platform to be able to have a conversation with people that are really great in the industry. Specifically, I was a little bit frustrated with some of the things that were going on and I needed a platform and a voice so I figured the best one to build would be to create my own so I could find the best people that are doing the right things in home-based businesses whether it's network marketing affiliate programs entrepreneurs in general, good people uh, as well, and that's why we started Building Fortunes Radio. I actually started as a result of me doing a radio show with a couple of different people and then deciding that, you know what, I really need to do one on our own so I can actually have our own schedule, our own guests, all of those things. If you go to buildingfortunesradio.com, the domain name, you're going to be able to find literally thousands of radio shows that we've done over the past uh, several years. Since 2012, we probably averaged uh, a whole bunch. And uh, here's Tom coming in right now. So I'm gonna, I'm, only because he's on a tight schedule, I'm gonna finish up with my interview uh, with him and then we'll come back on the other side. So uh, Tom, thanks thanks for being here. I just got started with a little bit of an interview saying that you might be running a little bit late because you're calling in from Taiwan. This is Peter Mingle speaking. For those people that are unfamiliar with me, we didn't even get a chance to do a mic check yet, so let's just do a mic check, and we're live on the radio. Are you there?
0: Hey, yes, I am. How are
1: you? Perfect. Excellent. Thank you very much. I would say that this is the very first time we've probably ever spoken live, and the reason why I say probably ever spoken live, I think, I could be wrong, but I met you uh, through the books that you've done and the associations you had with the industry way back when I seriously got started with network marketing, when you were doing some stuff with a company called Nutrition for Life International. And that was when I first met Big Al. I, I never really um, knew, I never really asked for the origin of the where the Big Al started from, but I remember you as being Tom Schreider. And I loved your approach, kind of fun, definitely low-key, smart, you know, definitely smart about the industry. Um, and uh, not hypey at all, but really solid on mechanics, had a lot of really great stuff that people could learn, and uh, overall one of the good people in the industry. So it's really a pleasure, and I, I say this thank you for being here, but it's really a pleasure to have you here and to have you be around as long as you've been around in the industry to be able to help people, and thanks for being here on our radio show. So I guess we can start wherever you want to start. You're on a tight schedule because you have an event that you're going to be teaching sometime soon, and you're overseas, and it might be a little bit early, so I'll let you warm yourself up. And um, maybe you start off with the first question. I know your name is Tom Schreider. Where did you get the thing from Big Al from? Because I know that's decades old.
0: Oh, that's... 50, more than 50 years old. So that that that's from a mafia days in Chicago, but that's a long, okay. long, long story ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay,
1: which might explain why um, you're overseas, but probably not, right. but probably not. <laughs> um, so th- in reference to um, uh, your background, I remember – you from your nutrition for life days and not that you have to worry about explaining all of that stuff for us but how did you get started in network marketing and i was a big fan of nutrition for life it was one of my uh first endeavors i loved the people that were associated with it it was a shame that the company went away and we can get started with that maybe some other time but um tell us a little bit about how you got started in the network marketing company in the industry
0: well, almost uh, 50 years ago, I'm married, uh, kid on the way, wife says you don't make much money, so there's a part-time job as an option, and then I saw a little four-line classified ad saying a part-time business. So I go down on a Saturday morning, it turned out to be an opportunity meeting, it's an the basement of a shopping center in Chicago, and it's a three-hour opportunity meeting. And there's these strange anti-government communist hippies talking about strange stuff falling out of their colons and uh, just a whole bunch of weirdness. But I didn't leave because there's armed guards at the back of the room. At the end of the three hours, I got up and uh, walked out, and this guy stops me and says, Hey, are you the person who answered my ad? And I said, Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm thinking, out of 150 people in the room, how in the world did he know that I was the one that answered his ad? Later on, I figured out that I was the only guest there. But um, he says, so uh, what do you think? And I think, I says, well, uh, it's not for me. I'm not a salesman. I don't know anything about this weird stuff. Um, uh, thanks for inviting me, but I'm out of here. And he said something in 30 seconds. And at the end of 30 seconds, I said, um So how do I join? Now, here's my first lesson in network marketing. His 30 seconds is more powerful than that three-hour stupid, information-filled chart testimonial opportunity meeting. Interesting lesson. Now, did I learn it? Of course not, because as soon as I signed up, I went out and gave people 45-minute presentations and nobody joined, so I figured they just didn't have enough information. I doubled it to 90 minutes, and nobody joined. me a, a year and 10 months before I figured out what in the world was going on. So that's how I started.
1: Wow. So was there any magic in what he said in those 30 seconds, or what was the impact of the 30 seconds? How did he kind of turn you around?
0: Well, he did something which is mechanically called a, a word picture. Uh, here here's what he said. He says, uh, Big Al, when you join our business, here is what happens. Now, if you say when you join our business or so when you buy a product and you say here is what happens, it takes people into the future and they create a movie inside the mind. So everything's created inside the mind. The, the mind really doesn't even uh, record what we're actually see and only records a small part and makes up the the rest. And here's what he said. When you join our business, here is what happens. Six months from now, you walk into your boss's office, lean back in the chair, put your feet up on his desk, calmly tell the boss you can't fit him in your schedule any longer, and that you're resigning today. You go out to your desk in the office, pick up your personal belongings, wave goodbye to all your friends who said it couldn't be done, uh, leave the office, get into your brand-new bonus car, drive down to the bank, to the drive-up teller, and say, I don't know, put this check into savings or checking. doesn't really matter. I get these all the time. And then go home and have a nice glass of your favorite beverage. And I said, um, how do I join? And that was it.
1: Now, that's a very interesting story. Um, that story was botched, by a gal named Denise Chenault. Do you know where?
0: <laughs> well, I know Denise from Longmont <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> but I, uh,
1: you, do you know where? Because you have to watch John Oliver. If you, I, I know, I don't know if you know John Oliver, but he's the guy that did the. Um, uh, he has a, what is it? Last week tonight, he did a whole show right. on MLM and made fun of a specific gal. Her name is Denise Chennault, and Denise is a sweetheart. I mean, how could you make mm-hmm. fun of Denise yeah. Chennault? But she botched that story, um, and they recorded it, and she just kind of said it because she was invited to, like, a meeting with a whole bunch of people in it, like one of those other huh. seminar kind of events, <laughs> and she and used that as a showcase. So what was your nugget was her downfall. It was really, it really kind of. You, I think you'd probably get a chuckle of it if you if you ever want to listen to John Oliver and you ever see it, you'd see what I mean. But but what you're saying is absolutely a great story and um, fantastic. And when done the right way, it's very powerful. So that's how you get started. Then it took you a long time. Um, there's a lot of people that kind of get started slow. Some people get started fast. Um, how did you deal with that year and ten months or whatever? And I didn't. I still haven't heard when you started to become. Let's call it successful. But how did you kind of handle that initial, you know, the rejection, the initial hard stuff, getting started, stuff not working out? Because you went beyond your six-month thing. In six months, you didn't get a chance to do what you did with that uh, favorite boss.
0: Well, I grew up on a farm, so the only people I ever talked to were cows. And then um, studied engineering, and engineers don't talk to each other. Uh, I'm going out and I'm uh, talking to people and then talking to more people and more people. But at least I'm consistent. I'm I'm failing at all. So at the end of one year and 10 months, I probably talked to over a 1,000 people, maybe almost 1,500. They all said no. I couldn't figure out the common denominator, which, of course, was me. But what changed it all was After a year and 10 months, my wife come to me and said, hey, dear, I'm pregnant with child number two. How's your business coming along? And, of course, I had to tell her it's consistent, and that didn't fly. Living in Chicago, I drive to Minneapolis, Minnesota in winter for a three-day workshop to try to figure out what do I have to do. Now, the reason I haven't quit up to this point was I'm young, naive. I've never been in business before. Uh, Just left school. I didn't know you could quit. Nobody told me you could quit. I just thought you signed up and that was it for life. You know, I'm an idiot. So I'm sure people are laughing and pointing and I just, you know, kept doing the same thing over and over because they said, it was you know, that's how you do it. So after a year and 10 months, I go to this workshop and I spent the whole time talking about your attitude. And I'm thinking, uh, when I get home from this workshop after blowing the money to come all the way up here, you want to see what my attitude's going to be when I have to face my wife? So at the two and a half day mark, right before I leave, they asked me this question. They said, Big Al, uh, you don't get a check, right? I said, no, I don't get a check. Do other people get a check? Yeah, other people get a check. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you get a check, Big Al? And I says, well, the meetings are too far away. They're still on the ground in Chicago. Now you can't park. The economy is bad. Uh, you know. And they said, well, do they have the same weather you do? I go, oh, well, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, Same territory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of pointed out that the people who got huge bonus checks and that got no bonus check, everything was exactly the same except one thing. Us. You know, what we said to people. And here is my biggest revelation. They said the only difference between you, Big Al, and the people that get a check is when you're with the exact same people, they say different words. Now, my mother didn't drop me on my head. I said, okay, um, so if all I have to do is turn a couple words around or switch them, and then I'll get big checks, well, I could do that, and that's exactly what I did. I just changed some words, a whole bunch of people joined, and it gave me a reputation of this, of this guru They said, just invite him to come to speak. They said, he's a bad speaker. Don't don't worry how bad he speaks. But just take notes of what he says, because what he says, if you say it, they they join in. And then um, that's how I built my group. And then after a while, people all over the world were asking me to come and speak. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with these people? I'm probably the world's worst speaker. I'm shy, scared of my shadow. They didn't care. They said, just tell me the word so I can go out and build a business. And the reason they liked the words was, I'm introverted and shy, scared of my shadow, which means it's good I go out at night because there's no shadow. But the point (laughs) is, I'm not the outgoing pusher out there. I'm scared of rejection, and everything I've done for almost 50 years is rejection-free. And people say, well, that just makes sense. If we're going to talk to people, why get a bunch of rejection by saying the wrong words? So I'm a big proponent of no rejection, making this a pleasant business. So I'm not the person who's going to stand up on stage and say, face the fear and let the fear crush you or, you know, you know all, all these silly things. So that's how I started.
1: You know, and I, I think I know enough about you to say from my experiences because i've seen you around um you are you are you i mean you are not that guy who's going to be you might draw a crowd because of who who you are but if they didn't know who you are you would just be that regular guy in the back of the room who's probably not making a whole bunch of attention and probably being comfortable like that so the reality is is that you are not the people that are the carnival barkers, I can't imagine you ever doing that. You're really not a big pitch man. You have a great approach towards the industry, make a lot of sense, and um, that's what is attracted to a whole bunch of people. So it's really refreshing that you are as successful as you've been and that you've been able to survive in this industry and do a whole bunch of really great stuff for the decades you've been around. So that's really amazing, and I I, I really applaud that because I've learned a lot from you from my days way back when, and um, my background was in direct sales and direct sales management. So although I was used to being the guy who had to grab the mic and do the meetings and the hiring, training, motivating, developing, and I was that guy who probably would have been the one who picked you out in the crowd like that other guy didn't recognize that you were the only one that answered the ad. So I was maybe that dynamic speaker, but I never liked – that about our industry that we have a whole bunch of carnival barkers that go out there and i like a more low-key business type of approach because um i think that most people aren't those carnival barkers plus between you and i and anybody who's ever listened to our building fortunes radio shows i find a lot of those people don't tell the whole truth they exaggerate um they say it's easy anybody can do it they show off uh, flashy cars and big houses and make promises that people are going to make a whole bunch of money, and I just know that most people probably won't. And I've always been kind of turned off about that in this industry. And for those people that might be listening in, I got started with that company called Nutrition for Life, and then eventually I wanted to learn a little bit more about the industry. So when I was I had the opportunity to be uh, part of the trade associations, I joined the Distributor Rights Association that just founded a gentleman named Rod Cook and his wife, Marcy, and I know you know those people, um, and a whole bunch of other people were there, and eventually I became the face of that operation, became president of that. They changed the name to the ANMP, the Association of Network Marketing Professionals, and I was president of that as well, and I've worked with Doris Wood, and Doris Wood is the MLMIA, and now I work with the Social Networking Association, Jim Lupkin, and I work with Nikki Kiahoho, and these are names that I know that you're familiar with, Tom, but other people might not be. And I try to change the industry a lot from the inside out, and I found that that was hard to do because a lot of people were always gravitating towards the hype. It was hype, hype, hype. And I loved, I loved a gentleman that you're familiar with. His name was Dale Maloney because he was just such a good guy and a hard worker. But he would always kind of like say, "What do you say if there's not enough hype?" He would always like, pile it on, pile it on. I loved his attitude; he was a lot of fun um, and good man too. At least my interpretation of him was a good man. But there's always too much hype. So you're you were able to survive and thrive in an industry filled with hype, and you've done your low key approach. Why? Why do you think that's been that way? And why have you? St- I know. I would imagine why you've stuck to that, but. Why do you think people like you, and you specifically, have been able to survive and do well in this industry for as long as you have, and not embrace the hype?
0: Uh, The answer probably would be brain science. Uh, Once we understand how the human brain works, it it gets incredibly easy, even for nerds like me. So, the last uh, twenty three years especially brain sciences changed exactly how we can do it more efficiently and these these guys are, are pretty smart, you know they do fMRI images of the brain and they find out when people make decisions how it works and uh, what triggers it and and the perfect stuff for us you and I are in the decision making business, our companies have the website, have the lawyers, ship product, the customer service. They do everything. They don't even need us. The only thing they need us for is the only thing they can't do, which is get people to make a yes decision. So our partnership, and nobody told me this when I started, our partnership is the company does everything, and all we have to do is get people to say yes. That's it. They say, uh, we, when the doctor's sick on Tuesday, we don't call you in. You're not working and, and shipping. We do everything. We can even ship to the customer. don't even need you. All you have to do is get people to say yes. So you and I are in the yes decision business. We're in the business of getting people to make decisions. Now, this is going to sound bad. I hope nobody takes it bad. But when we start, we're idiots. Uh, if we go to a party and somebody says, so what do you do for a living? Well, I'm in the business of getting people to make decisions. And then they'll say, uh, so uh, that's interesting. So how do people make decisions? And we say, no idea. And they're going to feel sorry for us. They're going to say, you're an idiot. And, you know, we'll make stuff up. We'll say, well, it's some sort of emotional thing or uh, some hormonal thing or 15,000 reasons for and 14,000 reasons against. Uh, wait for lightning to strike and little voices talk in the ears. and it, We just make stuff up. It, it's just not true. So because we don't know what we're doing, we aren't doing all kind of hype and song and dance and exaggeration, hopes that something works so they say yes. And that is just about the most inefficient way of doing the business I can imagine. So how I'm able to stay in and a lot of other people are able to stay in is just, well, if we're going to be in decision-making business, let's take a, a few moments to figure out how the human brain works, and here's the good news. The people we talk to have no idea how their minds work, we do, with a license to print money. So this would be uh, the bottom line on it. When you and I go out, 100% of the people we talk to are pretty much pre-sold, So there's no sales presentation whatsoever needed. So stop that. Sales presentations are anchors around our neck. Uh, They kill our business, push people away, destroy everything. So stop. Nobody likes them. Uh, The prospects don't like them. We don't like them. If nobody likes them, just stop because they're not necessary. It's silly. Everybody we talk to is pre-sold, and I'll do a quick example here. uh, Peter, if you and I went out and talked to 100 people and we were selling selling some vitamins, we'd say to 100 people, do you want to live longer or die quickly? And probably about 100 people are going to say, live longer sounds good. We can say, do you want more money in your life or less money? And I'd go, "Um, more money. Just about 100% of the people are pre-sold. We don't have to sell them, so stop and go, wow, so all we have to do is show them what we have in a way that doesn't turn on their salesman alarm, that's too good to be true filter, the what's the catch, be careful. Yeah, and drag up all their past bad experiences with salespeople. But all we have to do is not talk them out of it. But we're going to go and say the silliest things, turn on a station, uh, looked like a 1970 door-to-door salesman and, and just kill her almost every time, get rejection, and then we'll say, "Well, that that's just a dumb prospect." No, us being silly. So if 100% of the people are pre-sold, here's the reality. And I like everybody here to picture in your mind. There's a, a group of people, 100% pre-sold, and then we talk to them. And then they say, no. Now, I'll do this slower in case anybody missed this. But uh, 100% of the people are pre-sold. We talk to them. And then they say, no. Does anybody here besides me uh, figure out where the weak link is or where where it all went wrong? (laughs) And the answer is, of course, we talk to them. So what you and I do when we start is literally talk people out of it. Literally talk people out of it. When we talk them out of it so bad that they almost say to us, I'd rather die quickly and be broke rather than do business with you. And this works on skincare too. You know, if you sold skincare, care. Uh, do you want younger looking skin or do you want to look, be one wrinkle away from a prune? Oh, younger looking. More money or less money. You sold utilities. Do you want to pay a higher utility bill or a lower one? Yeah. People can do the math. The sale has already been made. There's no closing. All we have to do is avoid talking people out of it by saying stupid stuff. And once we get that, that we're in the decision business and we concentrate on that, we can have our business over in in a minute or two. It's, It's relatively easy what we do once we figure out how to do it. But if we're calling for appointments and showing them videos and flip charts and compensation plans and all that. Um, We're going to suffer and just make it hard on ourselves. I guess the word you use, carnival barker, you know, the the real outgoing people, they like hearing themselves talk. So maybe that's fun, but it's still not fun for the the people listening. So for everybody on this call, if you're shy, nerdy, engineer – Uh, You can do the business. Uh, It's really a very scientific thing to do, and we just follow step by step. There is no magic to it. We just do this, and then people join, do this, and people join. And will they all join the same day? Probably not, because the odds of us meeting a person on the exact day, when their mind is clear and nothing happened to them 30 minutes before we called, and that the situation is perfect, is mm, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But if we explain it to them nicely, uh, when the timing is right, they'll call up and say, yeah, yeah, now it's ready to get started. So that's it. That's the short story.
1: Excellent. Okay, good. Now, I know that you have an event that you have to teach at, and I don't want to make you late for your event. So you can take as much time as you need, but tell us how to find information about you or where you might have a website or... Anything because a lot of people like your style. They'd like to be able to buy your books, listen to maybe anything that you have. I know you're not a you know you're not a big seminar guy. You're doing a seminar right now. Um, as far as you know the stuff that you've normally done working with your son-in-law, but um, tell us a little bit about how we can find more information about you.
0: Uh, I tell them just to go to Big Al Books, B I G, A L, B O O K S dot com, and I've written. 40-some books in my career. But there's about 30 of them there that are all on the different skills and network marketing, like how to do a one-minute presentation or the two-minute story or how to use stories to get people to be involved. Things like how to hold your prospect's attention, uh, 10 shortcuts into their mind, closing, pre-closing, icebreakers, uh, it's called personalities. And and if you like that, you can go there and... uh, read some of the books. And they're all Excellent. on Amazon and places like that. You can look it up. But yeah, just go to bigoutbooks.com. And if you're really sharp, you'll see this thing really big said free. You can click on that, download a free book and a bunch of audios free. So uh, if you're on a tight budget, like no money, it's still pretty good because you can just download a whole bunch of stuff free to get started and make a bunch of money right away. So bigoutbooks.com.
1: BigLBooks.com. Okay, now again, I, I respect the idea that you have an event and you might have to get ready for that event. Um, I hope you come back, um, and then we can talk more about whatever's going on with the industry and all that sort of stuff. So there's a wealth of information for you. You're welcome anytime. I know that um, I know that you. you, you you don't do the big stuff, but if you have a nice, if you have some time for some more casual conversations with me and our Building Fortunes Radio listening audience, I'd certainly appreciate it. If you go to, for those people listening in, if you want to hear this again, I'm going to make this a rebroadcast so you'll be able to hear it as many times as you want to. We'll have um, a guest spot and a guest page so when you're searching for Big Al or Tom Schreider, you'll be able to find it on Building Fortunes Radio and share it with your friends. And I'll share it with you sincerely. I don't remember um, uh, a lot of stuff when I first got started, but you made a huge impact on my life when I first got started with network marketing, because you're a good guy. I mean, a good guy, a hard worker, people had a lot of level of respect for you. you, raised the bar in the industry, and I certainly always remembered that, and I really appreciate you being here on our radio show, and I know it's early wherever you are. But um, come back when you get a chance, anytime you want to. And if you want to um, help, and I I know um, it it might sound a little bit like begging, but um, your approach and your knowledge can help so many people. Nowadays, if you need help doing one of these on your own, uh, whatever time that might be, we would have a a great spot for you. Or I could show you how to do it. Other people can as well because um, the I don't want to sound sappy about this, but the world really needs the knowledge that you can impart on them. So as sincerely as I can say, thanks for being here. And I'll let you wrap it up. So you have as much time as you need to wrap it up, and then I want to respect, like I said, that you have a meeting to go to.
0: Well, for everybody listening, let's do something practical. Uh, If you have a pencil and paper, just write this down. And there's so many ways to get people to make it. A decision instantly and if you're having trouble getting your head around people make the final decision in the first 15 seconds before they even hear the name of our company or, or the name of our product that just sounds too hard to believe let me do an example now uh, when we're done here uh, peter and i are going to go for ice cream who wants to come with us half the people raise their hand half the people don't the half the people don't raise their hand are thinking "Oh, i'm lactose intolerant or Babysitter, got to go home too. Okay, got it. Uh, we're done. They don't want ice cream. We don't even have to give them a presentation. Save the time; they'll be happy. Now, for the half that raised their hand, ask yourself: Have they already made a decision? The answer is yes. They made a decision before they knew where the ice cream parlor was located. How many flavors? If Peter's buying or not? Uh, The kilocalories of ice cream, any testimonials, they already made the decision. So the decision comes before the presentation. How people think is decision first and if and only if the answer is yes, then give me a short presentation to fill in some details so I don't look like an idiot. People make decisions first. So let's use an example of nutrition. So if you have your pen, write this down. Does it make sense to, five words, does it make sense to, and then leave a blank because what we're going to put in that blank area is what you're going to offer, comma, and then write the two words instead of, instead of, those are some real magic words for the brain, and then in parentheses, uh, but keep your miserable life, close parentheses. Keep your miserable life. So what we're going to do is offer people an option. People love options. I want you to feel the back of your brain. I say, I want to come give you a presentation. Already, you, you felt it. You know, nobody wants a presentation because, oh, they've got to sell me something. And then I'm going to have to come up with all different uh, I gotta look at this presentation and find something wrong. So at the end, I have some ammunition to protect myself because they're gonna try to close me. Yeah, people hate presentations. So presentations will force our prospects to look for reasons why it will not work. Huh? Presentation. Where the options? What does options mean? Options mean. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Options mean it's okay if I do it or don't. No pressure. And the only way an option can possibly work for me is if I figure out how to make it work. So now I'm looking for reasons why. So a simple change of the word from presentations to options, whoa, changes their attitude straight out of the box. We're in good shape. So we're going to give people options here. How many options? We're going to give them two. The human brain hates too many options. The brain wants to save energy for watching Netflix so the minimum amount of options we can give somebody is two so if you can leave it at two don't go any further because it stresses the brain so we're going to give two options option is take my wonderful offer or keep your miserable life people can decide on that like right away there's nothing that they really have to worry about so you got the formula on the paper right let me do a couple examples does it make sense to take care of our body now, comma, instead of dying early? People are going to have to make a decision on that one. It's kind of an exaggeration, but how about this? Does it make sense to use our magic skin care so your skin gets younger while you sleep, Instead of laying in bed at night listening to your skin wrinkle, does it make sense to have an extra paycheck every month instead of trying to get by on one paycheck? Does it make sense to take a holiday for the – a five-star holiday for the price of a holiday Inn? instead of those normal, expensive vacations at cheaper hotels? Does it make sense for a company to pay for your holidays instead of you paying it out of your savings account? Does And all of a sudden, people are going, yeah, I kind of got it. The decision is easy and it's very low-key. Just ask them, does it make sense? Or you can make the option Another way, here are nine words. You can wrap up your presentation by saying, so what is going to be easier for you? So what is going to be easier for you? Now there's no pressure. People can figure out what's easier for them. And we're going to give them the choice. And the choice is to take my wonderful offer or keep your miserable life. So what's going to be easier for you to continue fighting traffic on I-20 to work every day to go to downtown Dallas or to start a part-time business now so possibly next year you can work out of your home. So it's going to be easier for you to continue waking up early at 6 o'clock to take the babies where you warehouse them, in daycare all day while you work hard on your job, or to start a part-time business now so maybe next year you can be home with your babies. Or, So what's going to be easier for you to take this magic pill first thing in the morning so you can lose weight throughout the day or to keep using your yo-yo diets where you lose weight but put it back on as soon as you stop. And these are just little ways of talking to people that's very kind It makes the choice easy for them. It's an option. They can choose whatever they want. And if they choose, no, I want to keep my miserable life. I want to jump off a cliff. Would you help push? Okay, I'll I'll help push. We give them the choice, but we get to choose the choices. And it's really, really easy. And I kind of like giving people choices, and then it's their responsibility what they want to do. And it may not be for them today because they have other issues going on. And I'm perfectly okay with that because if I had a, I don't know, a BMW dealership, I'd say, well, gee, only about 3% of the people want a BMW, so 97% don't even qualify. Well, in network marketing, almost everybody qualifies. It's just a matter of timing and putting it in a way that they understand. So that's my advice to wrap it up so people have something to go out and try. And practice with your kids. So uh, if you're like me, kind of scared to try it in real life the first time, take your kids. And Tonight, say to the kids, uh, does it make sense to eat your vegetables now instead of never having a Wi-Fi password again? And you say, oh, this stuff really works. I could do this. So, uh, Peter, thanks for inviting me. I'm uh, happy you. to come on any and I'll Thank figure you. out how to call America a lot easier so I'll be on time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Thank you very much. Well, you just heard big Al Schreider. Um, Tom Schreider is a gentleman who I have a huge level of respect for. Thanks so much for those two tips. I wrote them down. If you heard somebody typing in the background, that was me because I love this stuff. I love those two formulas that you just gave us. I don't know if you have names for them, but um, I'll name them for myself. But if you have names for them, when you come back, kind of give us the names for those formulas. I like to be able to label stuff as well. Thanks for being here. Enjoy um, the seminar that you're at. Have a safe uh, trip wherever you're going to be, and if you're ever coming back home uh, to the United States. Are you spending a lot of time overseas now with the uh, coronavirus thing? I know it's not easier to travel, so you're kind of stuck overseas for a while.
0: Yeah, it's just pretty much locked down, so I was just doing a bunch of free Zoom calls for people to kind of give their groups a little bit of a head start. But, um, yeah, it's pretty nice. It's not so bad. Uh, I'll be back traveling as soon as uh, the planes come. So right.
1: we'll there be we all go. set okay. then. There we go. Perfect. Okay, thanks for being here, everyone. You're going to catch them on Building...